Good morning, Vernon. Good morning, David. So, welcome to a special edition, Juneteenth edition for The Process is Black and White. And we're doing a special episode that's going to air today, tonight, you know, at our, I guess we'll call it our five o'clock usual drop regular time. regular scheduled time. But we're mo- moving the day to Saturday, the first June 19th ever, because based on what this show is about, there was no way we could not do an episode on June 19th with all that has happened over the last week around this holiday and it becoming a holiday. So today's episode, we're, we're going to dive into that. And then we got some more fun stuff about a nice little uh, podcast episode that's really good. Yeah, so a little off our normal, regularly scheduled programming, um, but a key part of who this who the show uh, the show's identity, I guess is a better way to put it. Totally agree. So let, let, let's get in it, man. So Juneteenth, what what how do you what is that for you? That like like what do, how do you see the holiday Juneteenth? Uh, so the first time I heard about it was like probably three years ago, maybe four. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I had never heard about it prior, so maybe it was, so, it, so, and honestly, I don't know anything about it, like, to, to be all the way honest, like, like, other than, you know, I heard about it, and I was like, and then I was like, you know what, that is a good day to celebrate, <laughs> I was like, that, that was my initial reaction, I was like, that is a good day to celebrate, um, yeah. and, you know, and that was kind of all I thought about it. I was like, huh, that's smart. Like, and then occasionally I think maybe the next year or the year after I like would maybe like see like some people post about it or something like that. And then, uh, I guess like, uh, I had no idea there was a movement afoot to make it a national holiday. I didn't yeah. even know. Um, and I'm pretty plugged in with some things politically, but there's a whole bunch of stuff. I don't, yeah. I'm not going to pay attention to politics, man. I can't, I can't impact it. Like I do, I do some stuff. I try, yeah. but you know, like other than, you know, that I can't really pay yeah. attention. So, and so I didn't even know there was a movement afoot. And then all of a sudden they're like, yeah, we're going to vote on this tomorrow. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so for people who might not truly know the essence of the holiday, um, so I'm not no expert on it at all, but you're, uh, I'd say, Kind of in your boat, Devin. I was watching something on TV. I think Blackish was was one of the shows that kind of like brought it to light for me even more so. But I remember either watching something or reading something roughly about three years ago, maybe maybe between three to five years ago, and hearing about Juneteenth as well. And for people who don't know, kind of exactly why it's being made a holiday is because shout out to Pavel who I know is listening over there in in uh I think I think he's in Eastern Europe somewhere. I don't, I don't actually know where yeah, he's yeah. from but but like <laughs> every now and again he'll he'll message me and he'll be like you guys were talking about this. He's like I, I take it that Vernon is African American and I'm like yeah yeah. <laughs> so you know there are definitely people who are listening to the show who don't have the context of growing up in the US and like having all that background. Yeah. So yeah, so so June 9th, Juneteenth is from 1866, June 19th, was the year that slavery was a, was officially ended, where, you know, Lincoln gave his address and, and actually uh, ended slavery for, for all, you know, blacks in America and made it illegal to have slaves. Uh, so, yeah, that that's where it comes from. And uh, 
so it's an interesting it's it's even it's it's interesting because I kind of struggle with the the idea of a holiday for something like that. Mm-hmm. It just it it's 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 I'm definitely conflicted on it feel, it's almost like the having the like is the end of the Holocaust that holiday. day that the Holocaust ended like is is that a holiday? Yeah, I mean they call it don't, don't they call it the Victory Day, right? Victory like it, Day. It's, okay, it's yeah, a yeah. it's victory a real day. day. Gotcha. I um, wasn't sure. I, I do know. Yes, Victory Day. Yes, Victory yeah. Day is a real day. But I, it is I, it is a, a weirdly bittersweet, challenging, painful. It's all it's got a lot of stuff wrapped up. Yeah, in it, you know? and I think I think for me, like the the hardest part is understanding the the meaning of holiday. Cause I think holiday, I just think big party, you know, like I think like celebration, I think like, like put it this way. It here's, and this is going to be go out. So (laughs) imagine if Martin Luther King day was not his birthday, but was actually his death day. Imagine the celebration like that. That's, uh, that to me is what it what it feels like. Like a, imagine if April fourth we celebrated Martin Luther King's death. And I, and 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 it it's weird. It's twisted. And it, and it, I don't know why it feels that way because I'm not crazy. Obviously, Juneteenth is not the celebration of slavery. It's a celebration of the end of slavery. You know, and if we're celebrating the death of Martin Luther King, that's not the same thing. That, that's celebrating the end of a life, you know, whereas Juneteenth is not celebrating the existence of slavery. It's celebrating the end of slavery. And Martin Luther King Day is celebrating his life. So, you know, it, it, what Juneteenth is is actually the exact thing that Martin Luther King Day is. But in my mind, it feels like it's something... I don't know if I want to celebrate. Uh, so I, 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 I like feel how you feel about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? It's like, weird. I, it, listen, it people, I'm be. overcoming it. I'm it's overcoming it. It's a brand it. new thing. Yeah, so I'm figuring it there's out. A, there's a there's a couple of things I think should be noted in this. One is that um, yes, it's the I, I, so one way to look at it is the end of slavery, and I think that's worth celebrating. Another way to look at it is the beginning of freedom, right? The yes. beginning of a struggle towards freedom. Yes. And so like. Yes a weird thing about it is that like, okay, so yeah, we could celebrate the end of slavery. That's, that's a cool thing to celebrate, but we could also take a look at say like, what? how did that whole freedom experiment go? That too. And it hasn't been great. It's been great. It's been tremendous. Like to well, comparative, we are, yes. we are freer than we've ever been. And life is better than it's ever been. And, and for everybody across, like it's just getting better every day, but also, there were some hot minutes in there that, that weren't so great, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess, like, for me, I guess I kind of, you, you kind of just have, for me, like, what's helping me is, you know, July 4th, it's the celebration of independence. It's, it's mm-hmm. this country became its own. It's basically this country got its freedom. And so Juneteenth, feel, you know, it's, it's a way to recognize the moment that blacks in this country 
were able to get their, or at least kind of get the pursuit of their freedom. You know what I mean? The beginning. The beginning. The pursuit of their freedom. They didn't get their freedom. They got to be able to pursue it. And we all know that that was a challenge there. So I guess that's a comforting way of kind of looking at it. But I also deal with my, you know, I also have challenges even even with uh, July 4th. You know, if it wasn't for the fact that I truly enjoy barbecue, uh, I would, I, I, it would be, it would be challenging as well to celebrate July Fourth. Like if you take the barbecue and the gathering out of July Fourth, there's zero that I do to celebrate the Fourth of July. I, I, you know, I don't get all flagged up. I don't, you know, red, white, and blue. I don't. I just, it's nice to have family together, have a day off, and uh, and barbecue. Yeah, there's a. There's a bunch of complexity in there, right? Um, yes. Oh, so much, there's, man. There's so much. And and I think that with this, the Juneteenth holiday, I think that that's, I like it. I Like, I like that complexity. So uh, do you ever read Questlove's book that he wrote? No, nah, but we're reading it. Okay. We're, re- it, we're not, it, yeah, now we're it's, reading it. It's great. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just him like reflecting on a life in music and digging through records and all this stuff. It's really great. And in it, he kind of, he kind of throws away this line where he's like, you know, hip hop is here today, gone today. He's like, that's one of my favorite things about hip hop and one of my least favorite things about hip hop. And I was like, that's actually a really good way to look at it because you do, you forget like, oh, you know, so-and-so was big two, two minutes ago, but he's out now. Like nobody cares about his song anymore. And that's super like how hip hop goes. And it's very much the American model of the world, right? Like we forget that this happened six, you know, like. We, we forget about Trump. Like, like we're all like, oh, we moved on. Like, that's over yeah. now. We're, we're, and I'm like, yeah, that was like six weeks ago. <laughs> like, we've moved on. Like, that, that's just who we are as a, as a culture, as a people. And um, I like that this holiday doesn't do that. Right? Mm. Like, mm. we're not celebrating, oh, we're independent. or oh, we're, Like, this holiday is saying, like, there was a bad thing. There was a bad thing. And we stopped doing the bad thing. Well, we didn't fix everything, but we stopped doing the bad. And like that's that's unique for uh, us as a as a nation's orientation, like as a culture's orientation. That's not something we do. Yeah. So, with that being said, I'm going to ask you because, in my opinion, and and I know this might be controversial for some, but in my opinion, this holiday is just as much of a, or should be just as much of a holiday for blacks as it is for our Caucasian counterparts in this country because the history goes into their history as well. Yes. And and so for me, I'm going to ask you, how do you think or believe we sh- this, the holiday should be celebrated? So I don't know. <laughs> I don't I don't know. But I do have some thoughts. One is we should celebrate it the same way we celebrate all of our other summer holidays. We should eat, we should gather, those those kinds of traditional things that, that people do. But we should also maybe like I think probably we should build something. Mm. You know, like the one of the many like, I don't know if you would call it crimes or sins or what you want to call it, of slavery, of 
that using power over one person to to build something, right? Like you you for, at forced labor, that whole thing. One of the sins of that is that like you don't get to enjoy the, the the maker, the person who built it, the person who built the White House didn't get to enjoy the White House, right? Like that's mm-hmm, the sin mm-hmm, of it. In mm-hmm. in for me, like and you know how I like how I like owning and the economics stuff like that's very much into my interests right yes and so like make a birdhouse and then own that birdhouse and be like this is a thing that that i can do because people before me had that right taken away from them you know okay. people before me they the fruits of their labor the thing that they worked for was stolen from them and so build a thing make a thing do a thing that you can then say, I own this, or this is, this is mine. Hey, you, you can do whatever you want with it. Like it doesn't need to be anything of value, you know, but to say like, I made this and this is the fruits of my labor and I get to keep it. Um, mm. is how, is how I think would be an interesting way to celebrate it, to say like, these other people didn't get to do this. And I do because I'm mm. reckoning with my past or, because I'm free now, or you know, whatever that is. Um, okay, that's how that, I think it should be done. That that's interesting. So, and and just to kind of clear it up, you know, and, and and clarity on it is, it sounds like the perspective for if if you're someone who's black in America and history goes back to that time, you know, the best thing to do to celebrate Juneteenth is to do something that your ancestors couldn't do because they were enslaved. To, to, to tap into the things now that you're able to do that your ancestors couldn't do and acknowledge it as that in that way. Acknowledge it in that way. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then for for someone like me, right, a Caucasian person, yes. to, to say this is a tremendous freedom that I have. This is a tremendous. Okay, gotcha. Um, this is a tremendous like thing that I'm allowed that wasn't always allowed that can be taken away because of culture, right? Like that, that we could create laws that say like, Oh no, this is okay. That's not okay. And, so and to appreciate that freedom. Gratitude you know? and appreciation would be the day, uh, the, the, how the day should be celebrated by those who aren't black, you know, more so not that you aren't celebrating gratitude and appreciation, but almost it feels like as, someone like myself it's it's bigger than gratitude and appreciation it's 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 more of like you know you know take take the opportunity put it into action do it you know feel it do the things actually take action and do the things that your ancestors couldn't do and well, and and there's a piece of like and understand that this was a thing that was taken yes. from your fellow citizens, right? Like the fact that you, you could take someone's labor is insane, dude. Yes. And then, and then I'm hearing from, you know, if you're, you're not of, you know, a, a black person, then you, you know, have an appreciation for, for the fact that you have your freedom and, and, and having gratitude and understanding that, you know, there once was a time that someone else, just because of the color of their skin did not have the ability to have freedom. 
Yeah, and I guess there's a there's a piece that I'm missing. So, so, there, so there's the some stuff that I'm missing. So, so I want to know Dave, about you. How, yeah, how, yeah, how yeah, do you do yeah. That? No, this is good, and this is how we move things forward. So the Dave Chappelle in me comes in, you know, play, plays out, right? And I think um, all of the things that we're talking about now, it's not about us as adults. I think everything that you just said and every in the discussion that we're having is basically like in school around the, with children. How do we celebrate Juneteenth? Because it's about celebrating it through the, the generations that are coming up. It, you know what I mean? Like, yes, we need to figure out how we need to celebrate it. But more importantly, I'm thinking as a father, how do I believe how, how do we as parents and fathers and influencers for the future generations? How do we establish that Juneteenth doesn't just turn into fireworks? You know what I mean? Like, how do we make sure that this holiday means something and this holiday plays a role in making the world a more fair and even place going forward and actually having it be, you know, better? And we get closer to that equality. And so for me, I agree with you in terms of the perspective of a, a young black kid is, hey, do something. Do something. Do something that your ancestors did not have the ability to do. You know, build something. Make something with your hands. You know, if, if it's on a Tuesday, go out and vote. If it's on, like, all of those things that you didn't read a book. Start a book from the, 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 the crack of dawn in Juneteenth and read it all the way to the end. And, and finish that damn book. Like, everything that your ancestors didn't have the freedom to do. You should be go buy, purchase your house and make your closing date June nineteenth. Like that, that's the things that I would I would recommend as far as like how I would be teaching my you know young black children how to celebrate this holiday. You know, and then remember, and you know, remember after you act, remember those who died, who sacrificed, who pushed the limits. To be, to be able to get this freedom that you enjoy now. Remember those. So there needs to be an, an act of service as well. Similar to what Martin Luther King Day has become, there needs to be also an act of service that is tied to that. For black people to understand, like, this freedom didn't come because we just sat on the sideline. Freedom, became, freedom came because we, we had very, you know, prideful and strong and fearless blacks in the past who did not mind putting their life on a line for what was right and what they believed in. Um, and that and that's how I see it for my, my young black kids. Now, the Dave Chappelle kicks in for me when it comes to the other side. And not in a humorous way. You know how Dave Chappelle's very political as well as funny. And, yeah. and, and as funny as he's being, he's a bright dude that really, like, you know, hits home on a lot of poignant points. And one of the stand-ups that he had recently, he talked about, if we want equality, right, like one way to do it is think about how we got here. You got here because, you know, we basically took things, took things that we didn't earn. You know, a certain group of people took things from others that they didn't earn. They took, you know, they did these 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 bad deeds, these evil deeds, these evil things to be able to gain wealth. So the only way. So in my opinion, is celebrated, and one of the ways, not only, but one of the ways from a Caucasian side, Dave Chappelle's a stand-up where he says, you know what you can do to help? Go go to a, go to some rough neighborhood in, in your nearby city 
drive around. I don't know if you heard this before. This one right here. He goes drive around, find the mo- the, the 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 most the the, the most ignorant, uh, uh, like worst black dude in the neighborhood that's like selling drugs to all the children, and like ruining families, and you know like do- doing some of the worst things. And you, as a Caucasian, buy that guy an ice cream. Do something for the bad black guy. The, you know what I mean? And, and his point, it was to be funny. But his point was to do something for, an, for a person, of a black person who doesn't even deserve it. Like get to the level of doing something for another black person, not, not even because they earned it. The only way to undo it is you're doing this act just because I'm doing something good. It's not because... You know, Vernon's one of the good black guys and it, or, or because, you know, Kareem is just such a hard worker. Like, go go do something for somebody that is black that don't even deserve it. There, you don't even have a reason why you did it. And you and, and that was one. But it was it, it's one of his more recent stand ups where he tells that joke. And I'm just like, wow. He's like, that's the only way we can fix this. Everybody <laughs> got to ride around. And he goes, he goes, buy that drug dealer an ice cream cone. Pull up on him and go, hey, drug dealer, would you like an ice cream cone? I have an extra here. And he's just like, you know, he's like, that's the only way. The only way we get ahead. We're not going to get ahead if we're just taking care of the good, you know, the good blacks or the blacks that are out here, you know, doing all the right things. Like we're going to step outside of our comfort zone and do some things for those who don't even deserve those things done for him. Because, and his point is, the people back in June sixteen nineteen and all that, they didn't do anything to deserve to be slaves. No, they were just minding their own business. They were minding their own business. So now the only way to undo that is to go all the way to the other side and do something special for somebody who might not even deserve it. You know, so it's a little humor in there, but I it's, do think it's a it's a very humorous. Yeah, yeah. it's very it's thoughtful, right? It's it does that's yeah. just that Dave Chappelle's style. Yeah, 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 that yeah, He's so good yeah. at you know. But I but I do think there's there's a lesson in there in terms mm-hmm. of like yes, there should be something where there should be some action on the other side, where even if it's like you know uh, uh, donating to a, an organization inside of a black community that's a nonprofit, you know, and 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 just like that opportunity on that day to give back and think about how can I do that little thing if it's an act of service day where you go up you go into a black community and, and you and you figure out linking up with an organization to try to do something to, to move things forward there needs to be an act of service yeah I mean that's the thing that I like the, so the piece that I like about my my like thought of like you know make a thing do a thing like do something concrete and then appreciate that it's yours right um because that's like this, that's one of the sins of it, right? The other thing that I kind of don't like about it, or that I wish that I could like add in somehow, is the idea that there is this like, everybody's standing on the shoulder of giants, right? Like we, we all are. Mm-hmm. And then some of those giants were slaves. And there needs to be a, or rather, like there needs to be sort of like an awareness that like, hey, some of the giants that you're standing on the shoulders of to, to live this pretty glorious life that we live right now, mm-hmm. they were enslaved people. Mm-hmm. That's, well, that's hard. To, that's hard to think about in that context, right? It's hard to believe like, 
oh, you know, like, look at how fortunate we are and all the hard work and, and stuff that went into that. And also, there was some terrible stuff that went into that where we were enslaving people. Yeah. Well, I think your point that you're making goes back to um, the podcast that we listened to uh, with a lady talking about the percentage of, of inventors and stuff like that during a certain point in time where, like, you know, there there's a lot of people who were enslaved, you know, people who are blacks who didn't get their credit and their recognition during that time. And and I agree with you. That is that exactly. Now's the time, Juneteenth, really any day of the year, but even more so, Juneteenth is a time to recognize that, like you said, some of the giants that we're able to stand on are are people who were enslaved, and a lot of them, you know, a lot of them, even at that time who didn't get the credit, you know, we'll never know how many inventions how many things were built by slaves and how much of the, the, the life that we get to live now was created by slaves. You know, we'll never, we'll never get to know what that is. But if I have, if I, you know, if you have to really think logically about it, you know, I, I would say they put in probably more, more than their fair share of the work. If not uh, more than 50% of the things that you do today. There's definitely some people that have like played with that. Like they've like, you know, economists and stuff that have like looked at the numbers and said, okay, well, what percentage of the economy was based on cotton and and other agricultural products? And that was the, you know, primarily the, the, like generally and overall, uh, most enslaved people were in those two, you know, in that industry, the agricultural industry. Mm -hmm. And like, how did that work out? And what value did that create down the line? There are people who looked at it. It is a huge number, like (laughs) huge Mm -hmm. Well, look, when we, as we, this is a good, I think, point to kind of move on to to 1619, where they actually tell you that the cotton industry, and actually, let's say the the, the slavery industry was more powerful, I think he said, than all of the railroads and the factory industry combined. That's how big the industry for slavery was. Do you understand that? Like a lot of people believe the railroads is what built America. The factory is what built America. Like, but and when you really dig into it, there's nothing even close to slavery in terms of what built the wealth of America. Nothing yeah, it built the entire fine. It, it built like almost the entire foundational wealth of, of the United States. It's crazy. It's crazy. We and there's been a lot be. that's happened since then, but that is the foundation of it. Without, without the forced sacrifice of slavery, this country would not be, we would not be the country that we are today. No. You know, no, it, it, was, it, was a force, it was a forced sacrifice, but without it, we would not be the country, nowhere near the country we are today. Yeah, listening, yeah. you know, you're, you're, we're listening to 1619, the podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah, let's times, break it right? down, yeah. Let, and, and, like, listening to it, it's, man, dude, it's complicated. It, it like, it's really well produced. It's, you know, it's not mm-hmm. conversational at all. Not like this show. It's very different. You should totally download it and try it out. But it's very, like, it's, a, it's an emotional, like, I, I'm kind of curious, in the same way that you were curious, like, how does a, how does a white dude celebrate Juneteenth? I'm kind of curious, like, how does a black guy listen to this? And go, mm. like, this is my shared history. Like, like, how does that? How, mm. how how do you work through that? That is a great question. So, j- can I give a backdrop on sixteen nineteen? Sure. For the for the for the audience. So, mm-hmm. sixteen nineteen is a podcast that 
I, I don't know. I think I was I was listening to something and they mentioned sixteen nineteen. Um, I I think you know what it came from. Uh, there was a congressman who they were trying to ban this podcast. They felt like they're trying to make this move to making sixteen nineteen a date in schools that kids get to learn about. And of course there's these, you know, old, you know, timey white dudes from Southern states who are, who put together this, this, this kind of mission or this, this group to ban the, 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 the schools allowing 1619 into their curriculum. The idea of 1619 is 1619 marks the date of, or the, the earliest record of the first slaves traded in, in, in Amer- on American soil. Mm-hmm. Apparently in 1619, there was a trade made for, with 20 slaves for goods and supplies to a ship that I think the ship was named the White Lion. Um, that pulled up on a on a beach on the shore of Virginia, and they traded twenty slaves for supplies and food and whatnot, so that the ship can finish its journey. Um, and that was the beginning of slavery in America. So these dudes want does don't want the children of this country, the next generation, to know about this. They feel like we shouldn't be digging up old history. Um, it, it it's not right, you know. Kids shouldn't know about this. Like they just they they want to hide it. They they don't want it to be a part of the history. Um. So when I heard, heard that, I immediately went like, "What the heck is sixteen nineteen? I gotta I gotta listen to this." Um. So to answer your question, so just long story short, I went I listened to it sixteen nineteen. It's about what is it uh five or six chapters worth for listening about an hour or so and it's unbelievable they take you through starting at 1619 and then they tell the story all the way up to today and how things are still affecting but it's 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 very different than a lot of others i would say because they they really give you just like the history um and and some of the deeper history of it all so yeah yeah it's really good it's a great example of storytelling on its own it's a great example of storytelling. Yeah, not perfect. But so moving on to answer your question, I love stuff like this. Now, me, I'm a little bit different. I, I You know, I, I like history. I love truth. I love facts. You know what I mean? Like, like I love information, you know, just, you know, just knowledge and information. So for me, this stuff, to me, I, I enjoy it in terms of just like my natural personality. Um, the, the feeling of... The slavery part of it and how blacks were treated and hearing, um, you know, hearing about there was just one very they tell this so vividly and they paint this picture where they talk about um, the cotton trade. And now this cotton trade is getting real hot and heavy. And they talk about how their business strategy was quota driven. It was kind of like think of today where you got you working at like a telemarketer. And you got to meet these these quotas in terms of like cold calls and, you know, how many sales and all that. You know, you're working in a sales industry. So they had like a similar setup. You know, you, you basically had to meet your quota. And if you didn't meet your quota, that's when the whoopings came. And they tell a story about a pregnant woman who, you know, they make these ditches where the pregnant woman sits her belly in a ditch. So her, not to protect the baby. Not to protect the child, 
but so that her back can be straight so that they can get a, a, a clean whooping on her. And that stuff is tough. Also, there's a poem that she reads written by a young lady that talks about how uh, more state, they, there was a point where the South was in desperate need of slaves because the cotton industry was booming. So basically, they they pretty much just started to like grow slavery through like cattle, you know, and they just started making more babies. They, you know, whatever it took to get black women pregnant to make more babies. And then they started trading more slaves to the South once they basically genocide on the Native Americans in order to get the land in Alabama and Mississippi and all those southern states that came along the way later on um, because they needed more space to do more cotton growing. Um, but they needed slaves to be able to pick this cotton. So they genocide in the Native Americans and then they basically have a baby boom and, you know, slavery with, with the blacks and they basically broke up the family history and sent all these new babies on their own down to all these southern states and broke up children, broke up husbands, broke up wives, and destroyed the entire family structure. And basically, you know, it, 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 if slavery could get worse at that point, it did. Um, so for me, Devin, how I take it in is it what it does, it, it explains the trauma. It explains the trauma. You know, so I think we look at America today and we look at inner cities in a lot of these black communities today. And we want in a lot of people, you know, you kind of think of where we are now in terms of these black communities as something that has just happened within the last five or so years or within the last decade or within the last two generations. So when I listen to stuff like this, it just explains to me the trauma that is inside of everyone who's walking around in this country as a black person because trauma travels through generations. So that mother who had to sit her stomach inside of a hole so she can get whipped so her back can be flat so they can make a more efficient ass whooping, that mother now passes that trauma down. And, it, and to me, it makes sense when, you know, you see the, the whole quote-unquote angry black woman who's yelling at her kids in Walmart um, and, and doesn't know how to have, you know, address their kids' misbehavior other than a way of, you know, stop running before I beat you or stop this. Like, that's a trauma that's passed down. Yeah, it gets watered down over time, but, like, you can't help but to pass that down. That's all you know. So, to me, that it just connects the dots. And it, and it tells me, like, it's my history. My people have issues with conflict and communicating and family and all of those things because this country, since the beginning of time, has did everything it could to strip us of the ability to be able to build that foundation and sustain it. You know, and if you, you go along the way and you look at what happened Black Wall Street, you know, in Oklahoma City. And every time we've, we establish it and we start to build something that can reverse that trauma, somehow some other trauma just comes along. You know, and, and you look at the 80s. Here we are coming out of 70s. Things are looking better for black families and black, black entrepreneurship and wealth is improving. And all of a sudden the crack era comes.
and we're in in in, in the war on drugs and the prison mm-hmm. era. And it's just like every time you get uh, your foot in the door to create a crack to get everybody through, something else comes that's traumatic to black people. And all this 1619 does is explain trauma for me. And so when I watch it, it, I believe everyone should know and be aware of of, of your history and the trauma that is connected to you. And the more you know, the better you do. Yeah, I mean, there's that whole saying, like, there's the, you know, those who don't know history are doomed to repeat it thing, you know, right? Like, Mm -hmm. there's truth in that. And then we, you know, we sort of just talked, and I guess it's funny, because we were talking about, like, here today, gone today, right? Mm -hmm. And it'd be nice, it's nice to stop and think and sort of reflect on this whole line of, of, of heritage and history and, you know, the importance that all this happened because it, it, it stopped thankfully, but then they, through, you know, the arms pulling the levers of government and power and stuff, we found other ways to, mm-hmm. you know, sharecropping was no joy. Right? Sharecropping like, Jim Crow. Yeah. You know, so all, all, yeah. it's a complicated history, man. And that, and that complexity leads us to where we are, you know, today, which is a heck of a lot better off. Still a long way to go. Now we're fighting, you know, now now we're fighting other things. Now there's like, okay, we're kind of in the room. And now you see, okay, the lack of diversity, you know. And now you're blocked out through more of a corporate or I guess more of a, you know, the systematic, you know, shade, I'll call it, is just a little bit different. It doesn't look as gaudy and, and, and as bad. But look at the school systems. The mm-hmm. amount of money that's invested on a kid in an inner city school system that we're talking public schools here versus the amount of money that is invested on a kid in a community that I live in, mm-hmm. it, it, you know, it's it, which is the suburbs, which is, you know, it, it's crazy. And it's just every along the way, every turn, man. Well, and then look now, now it's like a, you need a degree. You need a degree to get almost every job. Mm-hmm. And, you you know, the, I but, in the news right now in the, in the U S they're all talking about like, Oh, there's a, there's a worker shortage. Yeah. There's no worker shortage. There's a jobs that pay well shortage, (laughs) you know, there's plenty of people that are, that are willing to work, but you know, they're willing to work, but then they're, if their car breaks down, they're not willing to get on the bus because it doesn't make mathematical sense. There's another job that pays just as low as that, you know, and it's a comp dude. It's a complicated world. Yeah. Yeah. So in this, she talks about the Constitution, and in the Constitution, you know, there's a famous line about pursuit of happiness. Mm-hmm. Uh, prior to Juneteenth, the pursuit of happiness was not something that was possible for me and for anyone that's black. Juneteenth, to me, represents the day where the pursuit of happiness was now allowed i was given that freedom but the pursuit itself still is a like wildly difficult pursuit for someone who is black it it, it is not it is not an equal pursuit no it, it's not you're you're allowed to pursue it you can and you can reach that destination but it is it is 
difficult and significantly difficult. And that that's the thing that we got to work on. Can 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 we make the pursuit? And I think we are as a country. Um, we're getting better at it. Um, there's still a lot of room, you know, tons of room. Yeah. Um, but, you know, can we get that pursuit to have somewhat of a more balanced ground? Well, that's the that's the point of the show, right? Yes. Like the, the point of the show is that uh, is that I have a tremendous amount that I get to learn from you. And you have a tremendous amount that you get to learn from me. For and sure. the opportunity is that there's great knowledge that comes with just just being a white dude. There's great stuff that just comes with just for, for free for just being a white guy. And there's great stuff that comes for free for being a black guy. And we're taking that good knowledge and we're sharing it across the lines. Because <laughs> we're, not, we're not, you know what I mean? Like that's where that comes from is, the, you know, I mean, the, if you think about it, like we've created how many more jobs because all of a sudden now black people are allowed to work. Women are allowed to work. All these more people are allowed to work. And what we end up with is way more people working and look at how much, like we're tr- way wealthier than we were when we were tr- using slavery. Turns out it wasn't a great economic system. You yeah. know? It turns out a better system is let people be free and let them be creative and let them experience the fruits of their labor. Turns out. So, you know, it, the, the great joy is that we can now share this information and we cannot live in a little bubble and we can instead work with each other to help each other become the entrepreneurs or the podcasters or the whatever that we're going to be, you know? Totally agree. Totally agree. So all in all, I think to sum up today's episode, June 19th, definitely a good thing, you know, uh, but let's make it more than just fireworks. Mm -hmm. Let's make it more than just barbecues. Let's make it a a, a day of service and, and a day that we get an opportunity to reflect on the country as a whole and and the, and the fact that this holiday is not just a holiday for black people you know this isn't this is a holiday where work needs to be done on both sides you know the process in black and white is black and white will you know be next juneteenth will be putting in some work on, on both sides and and all sides i think just period like you said we need to be appreciating the fact that we are the country that we are because of black people and what happened prior to 1866, June 19th. And and if we want to get further ahead and, you know, just where we are in terms of equality, we need to be willing to say, because of slavery, I benefited. This world, this country is has been able to benefit in, in a huge gain financially to be able to be a country that is as first world as it gets. And we need to be able to say that. And we need to be able to say that, yes, it was wrong. Yes, it was terrible. Yes, chances are, as someone, you know, who isn't black, I probably have some heritage that goes far enough back where there was some involvement in it. You know, regardless of what country my people are from, you know, it didn't just happen in America. You know what I mean? So, like, it's one of those things where I think in order to get past the trauma, we have to acknowledge that it exists. And that and that's what June nineteenth represents to me. So if you're the most conservative of conservative white men in this country, we need you, not you, Devin, but you, that conservative white man of this country, if you're listening, we need you to be able to open your mouth and say, you know what? I've enjoyed privileges. 
I'm here at, at, that were built because of the force sacrifice that was made through slavery in this country. And without that forced sacrifice, chances are I wouldn't be where I am right now and damn sure not this country. And, and in the same token, we need to acknowledge that there's still a lot of work to do. And that because of that forced sacrifice, you know, I need to be doing something indefinitely more to make sure that, you know, I show my gratitude to that forced sacrifice. You know, so that yeah. that that's my my feeling on Juneteenth now. Yeah, it's it's right on, man. Um, next week we'll come back to our regular scheduled programming. Uh, so we'll do chapters two and three. Of I think it's chapters two and three. We'll do two. We'll do the next two chapters of yeah, <laughs> of the four hour work week. I think it's two and three. Yeah, I think it's just. The, I'm not no, sure. it's three and four. They're pretty. Yeah, they're pretty long. We'll we'll, we'll have a four hour uh, work week. Chapter. We'll have four hour work week coming up coming up next week, and, uh, <laughs> and there won't be a show this Tuesday because we're we're going to actually record and get a week ahead, and that'll be our fifty second show. So we'll have been doing this show for a year. How's that feel? Any any like but before any, yeah, any preview of next week? Yes, it is. And, and and what's interesting is you know my son's birthday is June nineteenth, so June nineteenth is a party for Whoa, me anyway. Yes, you know. So yeah, so. He, yeah, he just turned four. And so the last couple of years, we've been doing this this beach trip uh, to, to Ocean City, Maryland. And so this year, I'll be in the same spot. I'll be in the hotel parking lot uh, recording the show, same as I did, you know, 53 weeks ago when we did episode zero. So, you know, that was, that, that yeah, uh, a whole year. I'm and, excited, and, 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 You know... I would like to take a little credit as a show that how much has changed. And, and I, I believe this energy of the show has had an impact. We've gotten a holiday approved. I don't know. We didn't have a vote, but we, I, I'm telling you the energy that we put in the universe definitely contributed to the, the holiday of Juneteenth existing. There's no coincidence there. You know what I mean? Like, like this isn't just a coincidence that, June 19th, my son's birthday. Last year, June 19th, we were kicking all this stuff off. And here we are a year later. The show's on a year, and June 19th becomes a holiday. Mm. You know, uh, 2400 has started. You know, my wife's like a step away from her business. Devin's wife is now basically at a point where she's ready to. Looking for jobs. We were, yeah. we were looking for yeah. jobs this week. Yeah. yeah. And, she, and, and not just that, like, she basically started her pursuit of happiness she realized that what she was doing was not what she wanted to do and she had the courage to be able to say to hell with it man i'm going to trust my process and go ahead and and and, and you know let it, let a chip fall where they may so you know so so many things have happened so many people in my circle like my aura is like crazy right now like everybody around me is is active and and thinking about life in such a bigger way. Creativity is at an all-time high for me. So, you know, kudos to the process is black and white, 2020 to 2021. What a hell of a year. Yeah, we're, we're on our way. So we'll talk We'll talk next week about that. And uh, it took 52 episodes to get a reference to Aura, but we made it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, go Sixers for the night, man. Yes, sir. All right, talk to you. All right, man. Wow, what an episode.